You're listening to The Hoof of the Horse, a podcast dedicated to farriery and equine science with Dr. Simon Curtis. Our podcast today is sponsored by the Hoof Care Essentials Foundation and their partner, Ken Davis and Sons. I'm at Deerfield Stud in Newmarket uh, with a couple of guys who have done a huge amount of development on a new type of glue-on shoe product uh, called Former Hoof. So I'm going to be talking to both of them about how they came to to the point where they've developed this and where they're going from now on. Uh, Welcome to uh, Rob Stevenson and Jimmy Nicolades. Thank you, Dr. Sam. Thank you, Dr. Sam. That's all right. That's a Pleasure to have you here and uh, uh, to fit in a chat before we go off and do a foal together. Yeah. Um, I spent yesterday morning uh, with the two guys and we tried out five extensions and we've got two more to do. So the first thing is, uh, Rob, how did you get into shoeing? Um, <clears throat> well, I grew up on a beef place in Queensland, Church of Queensland, and my parents always had horses. Um, they were in the rural industry managing cattle stations and stuff. So. We grew up around horses, competing, um, and so I was a little bit lazy at school. So as I left boarding school, I always had an affinity with horses. So I followed my parents into the rural industry and, and went, you know, mustering, working on cattle stations in Queensland and Northern Territory. And while I was there, I sort of I got to use up all my cowboy love. Like I got sick of eating flies, and you know, I realised I wanted to do something else. Um, so. Two years after that, I went to um, the US on an exchange program and attended Mitch Taylor's Kentucky Horseshoe School. So I went through that, um, I graduated, and then I went back to Australia and then went on to work with a heap of different farriers. And um, in Australia, you can do your apprenticeship or you can do your RPL system. So the apprenticeship's four years, your RPL is eight. So when you do eight years, you have to show that you work with uh, senior farriers, veterinarians, you know, and you gotta do your core skills test, your shoe board, everything you would do for your, for your usual uh, system. So once I'd done that, I really enjoyed that work, especially the lameness work. Um, I ended up- You weren't one of these guys that was a lameness specialist one year after coming out of farrier school. No, 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 I was not. No, it took me eight years to do my trade, essentially. Yeah. So I, w- I had to work with Keith Swan. Okay. You, you worked with Keith, yeah, at the Oakey Veterinary Hospital. Uh, and I did that for a long time. Dr. Pascoe and Keith were really did steer me in a direction of looking after those horses. Because they, they were the guys in Queensland that were doing the really complicated work. So as part of the RPL, you had to spend time in these areas. And I really did like that sort of work. So I got offered a job in Dubai doing foals for Darling when they had hauling used to ship over every year. So I took my wife and new family over there and got started in there and opportunities arose for me to work in the equine hospital so because I'd already done a bit of that work um, I jumped out and thought this is great you know and so that led me on the journey that was formal off yeah so it took me a lot longer than one year <laughs> to become no, a no, I, was, I was only pulling your leg <laughs> yeah. out of that and of course you mentioned Keith Swan and in yeah. Folder Racehorse he sent me some pictures yeah. because uh, it, I mean horrendous hoof crack pictures yeah. and uh, that was very kind of him and I'd only met him once before yeah. but he was kind enough to Keith send me Keith was the, the guy in Queensland that you went to. He was probably the most influential in bringing the trade in Queensland up to a level yeah. by far. He, he implemented training both for the apprentice and 
he used to go to the stations and do station training for guys around, you know, and just getting, shooing their mustering horses and stuff, just making sure that they had basic skill level. So for, for anyone in Queensland, he was one of the guys that really changed the industry. Yeah. Right, Past now, Jimmy, year. you're not the first non-farrier that I've talked to in these podcasts. That's great um, but you've, you, you're, I think, only the second at the moment. Um, but you're an engineer by trade, aren't you? Yes, yes, or by mechanic, profession. mechanical engineer. And how did you get into that? Uh, my father was a, a, a chemical engineer, so he directed me into the engineering course. I was always good with physics and math and understood the motion, so it was a natural kind of development. And I specialized in product design and manufacturing processes. So it was really interesting when, um, when I met Robert in Dubai uh, at a trade show. Uh, I was working for a company called D2M Solutions and we focused on developing products for aerospace, defense, and also selling the technology and maintaining them. So we knew all the, all the ways to manufacture and develop products, but we had never come across the equine industry. So it was, it was quite, quite interesting uh, uh, listening to Robert and uh, what he wanted to achieve uh, because he was dealing with uh, a lot of uh, laminitis. So I could understand the physics and the forces and the pressures that he was trying to, to, to um, adjust. Um, and it just worked really well, having his knowledge and my knowledge as an engineer, how we worked together and could come up with different designs to help these horses that were suffering from laminitis. So it was a very interesting and uh, um, yeah, opportunity. Yeah, symbiotic yeah, relationship. Yeah. Um, but just, just before you got to that point, so you're, you're Greek by birth? Yeah, I'm actually half English, half Lebanese. Oh, right, okay. But I grew up in Greece my whole life. So. Well, you'd be interested to know that the stud farm we're on is one of only two Lebanese-owned stud farms <laughs> in Newmarket. So you're not quite home, yeah. um, but the original stud farm used to be called Cedar Tree Stud, mm. and that of course yeah. is a symbol of Lebanon. My, exactly. yeah. my knowledge of country stretches that far. <laughs> um, okay, so you both came from different directions, but you met up in Dubai, yeah. and then how did you start to get to the point of, of former hoof? Uh, I'd been working on some original stuff uh, with the old quick shoe moulds, they weren't working. So we needed a whole new thought process. So we went to a plastic trade show and these guys have 3D printing and scanning, as he was saying. So the idea developed when I said to Jim, could you come out and bring your 3D scanner and I want you to scan some horses' feet for me. So this, these are us scans of some horses' feet. Just remember, this yeah. is a podcast, Rob. So Good point, the yeah. people listening can't see that. Yeah. <laughs> Only on the GoPro. Hey, Mum. <laughs> So we, we scanned a heap of horses' feet and just looking at them and from an engineering point of view, where were the weak points and you know what we wanted from a perfect foot. So we were doing foal feet and you know, some training feet and then looking at different shapes and then using that, that data and putting it into a CAD program, CAD software yeah, program, yeah. and then Jim, would, we would design what it was we wanted on that foot. So we were looking at a more of a customised line because these horses had laminitis and really malformed feet. Yeah, and uh, every, every horse is different and even the same horse, the shape of the hoof will change over time. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, wanted some we wanted to develop something that would always fit, uh, especially as the hoof changes. So yeah. that's where the moulding system was really good because you get 
the liquid resin coming into the mold and customizing around that, that shape of the foot. And uh, the main target, especially when we started with laminitis, was to uh, relieve, relieve the sole of that pressure. Yeah. And that's why we were going with the shoe type of uh, approach where we would load the, the outer hoof wall with yeah. the material. And then it leave the, the middle open so you could treat it. Yeah. Because you had a lot of like, you know, draining abscesses and stuff that you'd see in, in there. And it worked, it worked great. You could see the, um, the, the comfort levels increase immediately. Uh, however, the more comfortable they got, the more they wanted to move. Well, that's, that's <laughs> always been the case. Yeah. That, yeah. that actually part of the treatment of things like laminitis is managing the client and yeah. telling them yeah. that this is, you know, the, the shoe or whatever you've done mm -hmm. is one part of it. What yeah. they do with the horse and the exercise is also Absolutely. just important. Yeah. And, and I've had that where they've got half good and of course then the, with the enthusiasm, the owner turns them out and you're back to square one. So yeah, that's yeah. a constant story. I think yeah. you know, farriers all over the world will have heard that story yeah. and, and, and you know uh, so that shows you have to really be quite firm in especially educating in, your yeah. owners. Especially yeah. in Dubai where people's patience levels aren't great. So they just want it fixed now. So yeah. that's where the immediate solution was it got traction because people could see their horse getting better now. Yeah. So there was a path to, you know, being better rather than saying, look, you know, let's have a look at him in six weeks' time and see if he's grown any heel. You know, yeah. you had you had that immediate improvement of gait and that's what everyone wants to see. And in an English second language situation, sometimes, you know, the horse doing the talking is the best. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, it must be an experience for you, Jimmy. I always said that about the horse, that... In some ways, we're doing engineering on the bottom of the yeah, roof. Yeah, but exactly. if you were in the motorcycle industry or the car industry, in the end, if you can't get something to work, you'd redesign, should we exactly. say, the suspension or whatever. Yep. We can't redesign the yeah. horse's suspension. Yeah. We're stuck, yeah. you know, with what the good Lord's given us. Yeah. And, and so we're, we manage that. So it is a different way of looking yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you can't go back to the drawing board and start again with the horse. But, you know, we've got yeah. what we've got. Yeah, you, you need to provide the support and protection for that horse and every horse is uh, different so it's a customized approach is the best approach and uh, what won me over was um, when Robert brought me into the equine hospital and there was a, a case of laminitis. Yeah, Jimmy still didn't really believe what was going on because like, he still Jimmy's actually highly allergic to horses <laughs> so if he starts sneezing in the next yeah, there's one just walk past so taking him to an equine hospital he'd never been around horses before and he was like is all this horse talk you know yeah. like it's gibberish to him <laughs> and so we took him in and we had a really bad laminitis case and so which already had the the former hoof on they're one of the first designs yeah uh, and i saw the horse come in it looked fine comfortable um, and it was around five weeks that it had it on so rob was going to take one off and replace it once rob took took the former hoof off i could see immediately the horse couldn't even put its foot down yeah. so i was like this well, what's just happened here like it could perfectly stand and was comfortable before suddenly the support has removed and it can't touch the ground puts the mold on injects the resin waits five minutes takes it off the horse you can see is, is testing if it can bear any weight on that foot a couple of tries then it puts all the weight on it and then Rob's lift the other foot and I was like, okay, what, <laughs> what just happened? So that's where I got converted yeah. and, we re and I told Rob, you know, what do we have to do? Let's get this done. 
Well, that, that's great. And, uh, and of course, I've been doing um, foal extensions with you. Yeah. But of course, you have this whole range, as you've been talking about, from mature horses. Yeah. And I guess you started more on the mature horse yeah. and, and, uh, and doing that. And of course, I used the, the original name of Former Hoof was Quick Shoe, wasn't yeah. it? And I put, I put a pair on, I was telling you, yeah. on the stud farm we were recently yeah. on. And, and it had a great result, but of course, um, the material failure was yeah. that in two and a half weeks' time, it, it, That's it, it yeah. cracked up. Yeah. And of course, we, you know, we need shoes, depending on how we're using them, but often a state. month yeah. or six weeks. Yeah, that's it. And so I know that you had to do a search for material. It we wasn't did. just the concept of the yeah. engineering, it was the material that would do this. Absolutely, yeah. So it was one of the biggest, biggest things that, that held us back, really, is materials, and given um, the lessons that we've learned, finding the right material was, was really key and getting away from something that was really sticky and that would fracture after a couple of weeks because it kept curing, getting harder was a, was a key point. So I'm becoming more brittle. Yeah. So we needed something that was a lot more flexible and less sticky uh, because we're using the mold, the mold system, it covers the foot. So when, and you're trying to grow a hoof. Yeah. So yeah. the last thing you want is when you're pulling it off is to... To lose hoof quality again, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and as we know, some of the glues that we've been using are fantastic glues, but sometimes you do as much damage to the hoof. That's, that's the problem. In and the end. And the more you use it, it's like yeah. sharpening a pencil. You just get less and less. Yeah. Um, and I'd been in that situation. I'd been patching up horses that, that had compromised feet and doing, you know, rebuilds with Ecolocks, and it really worked, except at the end. So we, we've covered some of the development um, and, and you had to source the material. Yep. You had the concept, yeah. but you had to find the material that did it. I was quite interested that you said a couple of times on the great presentation you gave in Newmarket to Farriers that it's, not, it's a poor glue, it doesn't stick so well, and that suits your purpose. So can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. Given that I'd worked on a lot of horses using uh, other materials, I found that I'd lost a lot of hoof quality in that using material. So I went to the, a product that was from the dairy industry, meaning there was no, so there was no osmosis, so there was no chemical transfer between the urethane and the cow, because otherwise it ends up in the food chain. So I liked that process, so there was no exchange. So finding that, and then we tweaked a little bit so we'd have the right uh, tensile strength and stretch so we could use it for, you know, doing a concussion shoe and, and doing all those sort of jobs. We wanted it to match the properties of, of the, the hoof. hoof. Yeah. Exactly. So have similar properties because it's, it's, not, it's not another shoe. So we're rebuilding the foot. Yeah. So we wanted to add the natural architecture of the foot back into those horses that had poor quality or didn't ha had lost that architecture. Yeah, that's exactly right. And using some of the work from your book is horses wear feet at different rates as they grow and go through work. Yeah. And there's replacing, because we shoe horses to protect their feet. That's it. Like that's that's the, the whole reason we look after their feet is just to manage that asset so they can achieve their, their role they're bred for. And so creating a foot that they can work on at any stage in the same texture that did less damage was our ultimate goal. And, and that's why using the mold system, uh, we could make a predefined shape. So we added concavity, sole depth, yeah. uh, uh, elevated the heels to the correct angles. Uh, and that is all done in a matter of minutes. So everything is, is rebuilt in a matter of five to 10 minutes. Because yeah. functionality is the key, isn't it? Like we all know the horses, you see them go through their training process. And once they, they lose that concavity in their foot, they just don't want to stride out. 
very quickly. Uh, and just trying to re bring them back to a natural shape uh, and then have something that the farriers can work with, you know, nail yep. shoe too, you know, use it as a functional foot rather than just another shoe that you just stick on and see you later. Now you're, you've, uh, so you haven't finished development because it's no. on, ongoing. Yeah, absolutely. But you've come to the point where you are now uh, putting on the shoe on the market. Yep. And you're on a little bit of a world tour, aren't you? We've had a bit of a tour, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so uh, here, you're in the UK, you've been here, well, I think in total you'll have been here about a month, won't you? I know you've got a little yeah, while. Yeah, got a little bit longer to go, yeah. And then been... you're going to Ireland? We're going to Ireland, uh, and then the US. And then the so, US. Yeah. And then back to the UK. And then back to the UK okay. again, yeah. And uh, so that... I know it's business, but it must be enjoyable as well. To, yeah, it's really good. Obviously, I've got a young family at home, so yeah. um, I miss them, of yeah. course. But uh, I'm really the the trip we've had has been worthwhile. Yeah. Certainly, you know, spend some time with yourself. You know, we're in Godolphin. Yeah. These other really good operations that we've heard about for so long. Yeah. yeah to be in, be involved in that is, you know, it's a real pleasure. And I know, Jimmy, you're. Um, you're going home on the 25th of July to... Get married. Get married. Yes. Now, <laughs> I have never been to a Greek wedding, but I, I want to know, how much does it cost you all the new crockery? Because doesn't yeah. that all get thrown exactly. and broken? That's or is this a myth? That's why I'm going. And setting fire to the floor. <laughs> now, now, set... now it's illegal to do that. So is now it? Like, yeah, now they throw flowers. Oh. <laughs> Too many injuries. Yeah. Too many injuries. <laughs> Apparently health, Jimmy's having paper plates. Health, health and safety. <laughs> yeah. stopped you. Oh dear, another great tradition oh, destroyed. No. But anyway, best, best wishes Thank uh, you. for your wedding book. But while you're here, Jimmy, we have a little bit of fun on this podcast mm -hmm. um, where we have people where English is not their first language. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not a farrier, so I can't ask you to ask the owner to hold the horse still. I can still say it. <laughs> well, you can still say it, but, but as an engineer, but as we know, you're never going to have to say that. So, um, <laughs> what I would like uh, you, you to say is that um, I can make a polymer shoe uh, for any horse that you've got. There you go. You've all, you've all got that in, in Greek now. Now, the other thing is um, I usually ask uh, what I call the deep philosophical question. And again, this will prove no problem to you, Jimmy, because coming from Greece where all the great <laughs> philosophers yeah. came from. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, Rob, I'm not sure how much philosophical yeah. thinking goes on in Australia, but uh, we'll, we'll, Google. we'll try it. Okay, <laughs> Google. Google my way out of trouble. So what I want you to ask you is what's the most important thing you've learned in your life? Ah, oh, definitely to do with my kids, yeah. They've taught me more than anything else, you know. Well, Tweet. you said you left school early, but I didn't yeah. think you left that early. Well, no, I didn't leave school early, I just didn't concentrate while I was there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and what about you, Jimmy? What's the most important thing you've learned in life? Um, probably that every challenge or every, every, let's say, like back set is a new opportunity. To, so yeah, you, always, you always come out of it stronger. Okay. Uh, and you you also learn a lot more with every challenge. So yeah, yeah no, I'd agree with you in that. It's yeah. uh, gritting your teeth. And yeah. Going on. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it feels like torture at the time, but yeah. uh, once you're over it, it's and trying to look for the opportunity in yeah. that is the trick. Yeah. Without shutting down, just trying to find what it is the opportunity in that disaster. Because there's always a solution. So yeah. You just need to hold tight and figure it out. Mm. Uh, well, look, to both of you, I've never done a, so I'm doing a bit of innovation here, I've never done a podcast uh, talking to two people, so yeah. it's been great talking to you. 
Um, I wish you really well with your product. I know you're not finished. I know you keep developing. Yeah. Um, but you are at the point where you're starting to promote it and, yeah. and get things out there. And just tell me, where can people look you up? Fullmorph.com. Okay. We, yeah, website. We're, we're doing a whole lot of stuff at the moment. Yeah. We Facebook, have, we have uh, multiple designs for different applications. Yeah. Um, one for rehab, one for performance. Actually, two for performance. One but but for I wanted so where people look you up former hoof, so they know how to spell it. It's F O R M A H O O F. One word, yeah. One word, former hoof. Anybody wants to look it up, I know they'll find that um, because you're starting to put stuff out there yeah, yeah. and some nice videos and stuff yeah. like that. So people can look it up. You know, I wish you all the best um, we've got to go and do this foal yeah. now and put a couple of extensions on it I really appreciate your feedback too especially yeah. from yesterday you know yeah. in that space and working in that working environment yeah uh, some of those things that you're saying you change a little bit and they're things we'll go away and work on as well so. well what I liked is the fact that you said you could change them quite yeah. easily and I've got two more ideas that yeah. I'm certainly not going to put in the public domain but I, I yeah. need to discuss with yeah. you so once again thank you so much for, oh, no. yeah, for speaking to me in the who for the horse podcast. Thank you, thank you, Doc Simon. We'd like to thank Hoofcare Essentials Foundation and their partners for sponsoring this episode. You can find out more information at hoofcareessentials.com. You can follow more of Simon's work on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Simon Curtis. To get in contact, please email thehoofofthehorse at gmail.com. And for everything else, go to drsimoncurtis.com. Thanks for listening.